Quick shout out from our sponsor, Sheer ID. Are you trying to boost conversions to your Shopify store? Need to drive more customer loyalty? Get results fast by offering exclusive discounts to consumer communities with Sheer ID. Sheer ID helps verify students, teachers, military, first responders, and so much more of these groups. With Sheer ID, you'll get a verified match in seconds. You can spit out an exclusive discount for customers on the spot. Try speaking directly to a new customer segment with this verifiable identity without adding friction to the shopping experience. Continue to drive incremental revenue in the next 90 days post-purchase with more tailored messaging for your email and SMS campaigns. I personally tested ShareID to see just how easy it was to get it set up, and I was pretty much ready to go in under 15 minutes. The onboarding was simple enough for me to follow as a non-technical person. Go to sheerid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. Once again, that's sheerid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. Hello and welcome to e-commerce uncovered. I'm your host, Matt Lady. Each and every week I get to talk with and learn from enthusiastic guests, freelancers, agency folks, in-house marketers, and founders, all in an effort to help you bootstrap your D2C brand profitably. We got two episodes a week, which will have you staying up to date on the ever-changing industry and learning fundamental concepts and tactics to apply to your brand. Enjoy the show. This is e-commerce uncovered. I'm your host, Matt Lady. Twice a week, I speak with guests to share tactical and practical information about how to grow your bootstrap DC brand profitably. Today's episode is with a ballet dancer turned creative agency owner. They help brands with photo and video production, ad creative editing, TikTok, and UGC production. He's also the writer of the weekly newsletter, Your Content Should Sell. Ladies and gents, the founder of Goodo Studios, Matthew Gatozzi. Welcome to the show, man. Hello. I feel like, you know, you need that errant, that, that air horn. That felt good. That that was a great intro. I love it. I love yeah. that. Well, welcome. Uh, I'm glad that was a good intro. You're, you have a lot to uh, be proud of and talk about. Uh, what do you think about my hat? Uh, for those not watching the YouTube, it says make ugly ads. Yo, he's, he's, Matt has already just started. He's just trying to get the spicy takes. He's trying to get those, those spicy takes early. Okay. Let me, I'm super glad to be here and talk about content. Um, let me, let me, let's address make ugly ads. First yes. off, Let's put on the record. I love Barry, and I actually am I working Barry. currently yep. <laughs> with Barry. With all great things, I always think that eventually, over time, people take things out of context, and then it's just like it's like gets wacky. Um, and that's actually not even Barry's doing. That's just the reality of of life. Whenever you make a cool statement or whatever, so I agree with make ugly ads because the sentiment that Barry kind of preaches is. Um, you know, oh, you don't need to be focused so much on how it looks, but ultimately like the intention behind kind of the, the, the video or the ad and making sure that it's focused on conversion and focused on speaking to the customer. Um, and it's less about the looks because I think in traditional production, they're so focused on how does this look? Is this a cool shot? Like what lens are we using? And so um, I, I agree with that sentiment um, where I, I think I can, you know, go off a little bit. Um, well, also the last thing to that would be that 
he also believes that when it's, when you're on TikTok, it should look like a TikTok, right? If you're on a other platform, it should look like it's on another platform. I actually agree with that too. Now, one where I fear for a lot of brands is when you take that out of context, they start to think, well, then that means that we only need to do TikToks or we only need to make quote unquote ugly things. But there's actually a place for, for beautifully crafted visuals. But at the same time, the intention behind it has to always be why do customers buy and making sure that that, that reason or the reasons why customers buy is actually the thing that drives those visuals. Um, again, it's not about the how it's really about the why. Um, and I think people read that and say, ugly ads, that's the how, right? Oh, I got to just do it on my phone. Cool. You can do that, but you can also make a really beautiful converting, um, ad that also, uh, is shot on a high end cinema camera. Like there's, there's a lot of bad TV ads, but there's a lot of good TV ads that happen to be shot on $40,000 uh, cinema cameras, right? And so it's like the reason why it's good is not because it was shot on an iPhone or on a, a cinema camera. It's good ad because it speaks and compels the customer to take an action. So if you can do that, it doesn't really matter what you're shooting on. Um, and I think more people need to focus on why they're creating an ad versus how to create an ad. Matt, you're telling me that context matters? You can't just say, yeah. make ugly ads and everyone will understand exactly what what I'm talking about? Shout out to Barry. Thanks for the hat. Uh, sort I, of I sponsored, actually, sort of not sponsored. I, I think I, I think what I'll do is I'll start a competing clothing brand. And I'll <laughs> say, make pretty ads. Yes, make pretty ads. Yes. Uh, let's do that. Okay, so you you agree with Barry. Barry's cool. But there's nuance and context. It's less about, oh, iPhone versus fancy camera. It's less about high uh, production quality in this video versus uh, just a static image. It's less about that. It's more about the intention, the process, and what your how your brand speaks to the customers. What you're trying to portray with this Instagram photo or this TikTok ad or this new photo for your website. It's more thinking about that and planning ahead, doing your research and knowing how that should be filtered through your brand's voice to your customers. Yes, everything should be cohesive, right? So the whether a customer or a viewer sees an ad, sees a TikTok, goes onto your website, the messaging should be cohesive. Like how we're speaking to the customer that should be like the same, right? Like why, we, why should you buy this product or not? Right. And like kind of how, like how you're talking to them and why you're talking to them should really be the same. Now on, depending on the platform, that's going to look very differently, right? Like on TikTok, you might have more of a conversation. You might have more of a, a funny video, right? But like, Ultimately, at the end of the day, the reason why you're creating that video should be the same reason why you're creating this beautiful imagery on your website. Um, so there's a case in point where there's a place for the high end stuff, but there's also just as much of a place for, you know, kind of the lo-fi type of stuff. And the way we think about it at Goto Studios is, or the reason even why you would even work with us is because, because we can do all of those things, we will make sure that whenever you're doing a high-end production or TikTok, the intention behind what the video or photo is will be cohesive 
throughout your whole brand experience. And that's where we kind of get into kind of establishing a visual brand. Like, what does that mean? Like, you know, how can people recognize you um, as, as, a, as a brand with your content? And you want to really focus on building that visual brand through cohesiveness of messaging uh, and intention not, oh, we shoot everything on the same camera or we shoot everything in the same style or this or that. Two things. Get you an agency that can do both, high-end high and low-end. That's Gudo Studios. Second of all, you're saying message is more important to nail down and then being able to adjust that message to the right medium if it's YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or an email or on your site. And I'm just going to want to add, it probably also depends on what the actual product is that you're selling yes. and the price point and the tone of voice and uh, which demographic you're speaking to. Like, There's actually a few more factors. It's not like this or that. There's probably this, that, and five other reasons, right? Yeah, and I think too, like, you know, you really have to that's where like everybody's situation, everybody's brand is a little bit different. Of course, there's going to be a lot of like principles that you can speak to, or that will, you know, be true for a lot of brands. But then a lot of times it's like, yeah, depending on your industry, it's going to be a little bit different. So skincare is going to be a little different than, you know, apparel and how you would shoot that is, is very different as well. So I think it's a case by case basis. So whenever, you know, you are looking into, I need a creative partner. You really want to make sure that the creative partner that you are working with is willing to ask those questions to go deeper. That's when you can kind of tell who's good and who's great. The great ones are asking the right questions um, to kind of uncover like what your brand is about and what makes you stand out so that those visuals can be crafted, um, you know, for, for you as a brand. So they're asking the questions. They're not just saying, cool, get, send us your product. We got our playbook. We got our template. We're just going to make sure we check the boxes and then edit them and send it back to you. Like, it's not that simple most of the time. No, that's a really great point. I think, like, I definitely empathize for people who are, like, just starting out with their brands. And it's, again, very easy to, like, look and say, okay, wow, like, this is what people are doing. That's what I need to do. Before you jump into, because those people are doing it, I'm doing it, there's a few things that you should think about. One is you have limited resources. So like you have to be really like sure of like what you're doing, but ultimately like why you're doing it. Like you shouldn't do it because somebody else just did it. Like you should really figure out, does this really fit into my strategy as I'm trying to build my brand? So be careful. That's just like best way of like when you're looking at quote unquote, best practices, like, is that the same brand? Like, should we even be comparing that? Like, should you be segmenting your list? I mean, I've got a list of a thousand versus like 30,000, right? So it's like two different games that we're playing. So be very careful with that. But then the second thing is, is like, you can kind of not set trends, but like you can, you can stand out at a small scale too. So take for example, three reasons why. That's a common video a lot of people have done. I've done that video too. So, you know, I'm I'm not saying that like don't, but the thing is, is, well, the beauty of that video is because we're listing out three core reasons why a customer should buy. So instead of doing that same exact hook in video, 
switch it up a little bit. You know, maybe the hook is really like, wow, like I've been looking for this product for so long and I finally found it. Here are three reasons why, you know, you should try it out yourself. So you're still using this concept and the structure of a video that's worked for other people, but because you've actually been aware and said, well, why is that a good video? It's not because of that hook necessarily. It's because of what's being said in that video. How can I then translate that for my brand and still stand out and be original? And so again, like you just have to be careful because I think a lot of smaller brands see bigger brands, you know, doing these things and they say, I'm going to copy one for one. And the reason why it worked was, again, not the how, but the reasons behind it. And as a smaller brand, that is the thing that you should be really focused on. Do the ingredients matter? Maybe you think it matters, but maybe the audience actually doesn't care. Maybe they do, right? So as, as a smaller brand, focus more on the messaging, how you speak to customers, talk to your customers, ask them why they're buying this product. That will help you become original. I think you can do it at a small scale and it's better to kind of establish who you are and how you speak to brand, uh, to customers now so that as you scale up your production, you can also make sure that again, everything is cohesive from the landing page to the ads, to the organic and things like that. Um, but be careful as you look at best practices, not to copy, but see it as inspiration and then, you know, just be aware of how that can translate for you as a brand. A quick reminder from our sponsor, ShareID. Find your next lifetime customers by providing verified discount codes based on occupation or life stage. Speak directly to veterans, students, teachers, first responders, and continue to tailor your messaging to them in the future with post-purchase emails and text messages. Make them feel seen with your brand by using ShareID to seamlessly verify their email in seconds during the purchase process. Go to shareid.com slash Shopify and start your free trial today. No, and they have the team, the resources, the time, the budget, the support for all of that, right? So you're not, that's not, <laughs> that is not you. You have yourself. And so going against what we were saying earlier, actually, you can trend follow much quicker. And so you can catch the wave and, you know, ride that wave and like get yeah. on it quicker so you get the you get that juice okay cool i don't have to create up my own original video for today there's this trend it makes sense for my brand i'm just gonna do this like that's okay you don't need this like groundbreaking trend setting thing like you know post per day yeah definitely and and i think too like you know it's it's a good thing to look at other people like what are other people doing you know how can you know, I make this for my brands. Um, so, you know, please don't not take inspiration, like the beauty of steel, like an artist, right? Like you, you need to. Um, and, and so you don't have a lot of times, especially when you don't have a lot of time analysis paralysis. Well, what do I do? Right. I, I don't know how to be original. Okay. Just take like, learn how to create content, learn how to make ads from other people. But eventually you always have to be, you know, even though you're, you know, looking for inspiration, you always have to kind of have that hat on of well, why is this working, you know, really digging into breaking down well, what what about this content works? Why is this trending? You know, why do people care about this? Um, and start to learn that stuff so that eventually you can kind of take your training wheels off and say, well, us as a brand, we can we know what works for us 
for our customers, for potential customers. And now we can create content that, that works. Um, so, you know, there's definitely stages to your, to your journey when it comes to content creation. So don't feel afraid if you're at the beginning, but also just know that you should be training to understand how you can actually become original, become, you know, somebody that's setting standards. Cause that's ultimately the goal, right? When you look at any brand that you like, the reason why you like them is because they are original. Like they, they didn't just copy somebody. They are doing something different. Like people are like love or hate liquid death, but like they're selling water. The literally the difference is, is, is content. That's 100% the difference. There's nothing great about their product. Um, there's not, it's literally about content and positioning. So like, obviously, you know, if that's like the difference than other water brands, like that's probably true for like what you're doing. You eventually have to be original um, or else you can just be like kind of nameless or brandless, but like you didn't start a brand to be like, you know, not unique. I think that's the, that's the thing is like you created a brand because you wanted to create something that's different, unique in this world. So make sure that your content is unique and, you know, not to the point where it's too artistic that people don't understand it, but like, you know, to the point where you stand out and people can be attracted to that. Liquid death is the perfect, you know, yeah. example of that. It's water. <laughs> it's water. water. It's the simplest form. Everyone needs to drink water. Why would you spend more money on this can of water versus a bottle or versus anything else? Like, like you said, it's creative, it's messaging. So we, we jumped the first part of this episode, we jumped right into content message medium. Let's, let's either, let's pivot a little bit to how do then we back into a system and building process and operations uh, that are sust sustainable. You're not just waking up every day saying, "All right, what am I gonna what am I gonna shoot and create today?" Um, or you're not starting from scratch every day. So, how do we begin to help brands start to get some sort of simple system and process in place for not just ad creative, but your whole visual brand identity, like you've been mentioning? Yeah. So. Um, let's just talk about like kind of organic. There's a lot of like miss, um, information about organic. So let me just say this right now on the record, anybody that says you need to post two or three times a day on TikTok is wrong. That is actually untrue. Yes, that's untrue. TikTok has come out to say that that's not true. It's not what their algorithm is about. At the end of the day, content the reason why a piece of content works is because it's really good. People really like it. And the incentive for, for the companies like TikTok is to have people stay on their app longer. They don't want bad quality. They want good quality. So if you focus on quality, they will push quality. That's what they're pushing because that they want to have a great user experience. Every, like the reason why you're on TikTok is because of the algorithm. You, the second you get bored, you're leaving. The second you get bored on any app, you're leaving. And so you need to understand that it's not because you posted a lot of times. Now, granted, the value of posting a lot is that you're getting a lot of at-bats so you can like get better. But like, 
if you're just starting out and you're thinking, oh man, I got to, I got to post two, three times to be successful. That's untrue. Um, and I think that is the issue that I have with a lot of people that say that as advice, because you're painting this picture that's unrealistic for honestly, most people, I can't even do that myself. Um, that, that takes a lot of time to be able to post two to three times a day. So I say all that because when you're thinking about how do I start, you know, creating a content engine, as I like to put it, be realistic with how many things you can post. Can you post 10 times in the month? You will, it will be more beneficial for you to post 10 times in the month and really well, and do that over a whole year doing just 10 posts on TikTok organically. Then if you did, you know, a post every day for 30 days and then fell off for the rest of the year. Yep. So be realistic with your team. And if it's just you be realistic with yourself and say, what can we create? Now you think about like how many pieces of content we want to create and focus on one channel. So if it's just TikTok or if it's just, you know, Instagram, whatever, you know, figure out who your ideal customer is, where do they hang out? That's where you need to be creating. You have one platform, one or two platforms. You might cross post, but like one or two core platforms you're going to be working on. You figure out we're going to post 10 times a day. Awesome. Then you say, who's going to be in charge of that? Who's going to be in charge of creating like the ideas, creating it, editing it and posting it. Who is that? Maybe that's, you are all four of those. Maybe you're two of those and somebody else is the other two or whatever, Come up with who's in charge of what. Then you come up with a plan. Okay, if we're going to post 10 times a day or a month, when will those posts be? And then how long does it take to make one post? Then work backwards. You start to just see it's like it's a calculation of production. It's not like anything like wild. The more you plan this out, the easier it is to create. Because you could say, okay, this week we only need to create two videos. Let's do it. You're not overwhelmed with how many videos or what am I going to create today? You know... On Mondays, I shoot the content. On Tuesdays, I edit it. And then on Wednesdays and Friday, I post the video. Cool. Awesome. And you do that every week. So once you figure all that out, like that is that is the process. Now, where you are as a brand is you can turn that volume up or turn it down. And this process organically is also true for ads. If you know you're only testing one or two ads per week, like, okay, break that down. That's, you know, eight ads in a month, you know, can you create all eight on the first week and then, you know, test it out throughout the, the four weeks of the month, like literally just work backwards is the best thing. And then when it, once you know what you need to do, like how many ads or how many pieces of creative, and you're very, very focused on your channels, then you just say, okay, when do I allot some time to come up with the ideas? And then, then you just focus on coming up with the ideas and then you focus on executing those ideas. It's a lot simpler if you break it down that way and it's a lot less overwhelming and you'd be surprised how much you can do. But I definitely suggest picking a number and keeping that consistent for three to five months. If you can hit that, then you know roll that up. As a case study, if people don't believe me, is we are working with Half Day on their TikTok, and we are posting 12 times a month, 12 times a month. And we are seeing consistent growth. We've had some viral hits, which has been nice, but we're seeing consistent growth over three months. 
and their sales are going up and to the right. Other channels are becoming more efficient. They are taking that content that we're building for organic and also placing that as ads. We're doing a really great job and we're doing everything that all the gurus say not to do. And we've gone viral. And I can tell you that going viral, once it happens, you realize nobody knows what they're talking about because it doesn't make any sense why it's happening. So it's better for you to show up, have really great quality videos and let the algorithm do its thing. And if you can be consistent, then you can start nitpicking and figuring out how to make it better and how to scale it up. But just show up for four months, 10 to 15 videos a month, and you'd be surprised where you'll be in you know that four to five months. Oh, yeah, that's great. I love the anti-guru hot takes. Always appreciate, big fan uh, of the anti-guru. Uh, so I appreciate your sticking your head out there for, for the people, Matt. Uh, so, okay. So that's about, that's the system and the process for ideation, for capturing it, for editing it, for posting it. Right. Yes. So what, how do we then think about a asset library? How do we think about repurposing that creative on a website or email after it's used on social? How do we like, start to organize or like redistribute these things so that we don't just post it once then it's gone. Like how do we think about recapturing it back into our library? Yeah. I think the biggest thing, and I feel like I keep saying this a lot is planning. Planning is everything. Right. And so there's also like a perspective thing. I think a lot of times people are thinking, Oh, I need to get an ad. So I'm going to go get that one ad or 10 ads created without thinking long-term of like, where, where, where are we long-term going to go with this content? And like, is this content, that's why it's, 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 it's not actually beneficial for smaller brands to do trends because that footage that you paid your hard earned dollars for is not really usable because it's a trend and now you can't use it anywhere else. Like it's not, it's not usable. So actually for smaller brands need to be thinking about how can this content be more evergreen? How can this be relevant a year from now? Um, So that's just like a perspective and like planning thing. And then, you know, the other part to that is that when you're thinking about, you know, Oh, I need content take a step back and say, where else do I need content? Like people are like, well, why should I spend a lot of money on photos? Well, because a photo can become like a graphic, like, and you can iterate a graphic like 20, 30, 40 times. So like that one photo is priceless. Oh, put that on your PDP, put that on your website. You can animate those photos into videos. Um, you can put that on a billboard. You can put that, um, you know, like on a side of a truck. That one photo is going the distance. But if you're one piece of trending, you know, TikTok footage, uh, you know, it's cool and it works, but then it doesn't last like longer than two weeks. And now you're on this rat race to get content. So I really think that brands need to focus, especially when you're younger of a brand, to think about, Hey, before we go and purchase this this content to be created, let's actually think about all the aspect like areas that we would need this content. And you can start to see that 
a lot of this other content could be overlapped, you know, whether it's on text, SMS, you know, email, things like that. So just be really aware of that. And then that will help you because then you're going to say, well, instead of doing that, that trending video, let's actually get a video that's more of a testimonial that has a lot of B-roll showing off my product because then I can cut that up and edit that 10, 20 times over, right? Like with just different, yep. you know, words, messaging and things like that. And so I think brands just need to think before you jump on to buying some, you know, cool content, think about everywhere it can go. And, and to be honest, um, you know, you'll actually save money by doing some more like either not bulk, but like by doing maybe like a larger purchase, it might feel a little bit scarier, but it's, it is, it's actually probably more beneficial, um, than getting a lot of cheaper content. It's cheaper for a reason. And so you just have to be careful with that. Um, you know, especially as a younger brand, because I've seen a lot of brands get burned by some of this cheaper options and it's not really usable after that. And so they end up spending more money. So it's something to be aware of, um, especially as you're younger out. That's great. That's really good. We've been kind of working backwards. We started at the end product of the posts, the ads. We've kind of went back to the, the process, the production, the organization. Let's go once, like, let's keep going backwards here. Let's do it. That, like, what... I'm going to ask you an interesting question. If a brand can't hire you to do it for them, but they do want to hire you for an hour for a creative console or an audit sort of thing. Yeah. Like where are you starting so that then you, they can take it the rest of the way from the, the first part of parts of the episode. Yeah. So I start on the website. The website is ultimately where they're going right? So that is the place that you own. That is so huge, right? So whenever I audit a brand, I'm looking at their website. What's the messaging there? You know, um, what's the imagery there? Any of that stuff, like I'm just really focused on like the the whole kind of experience there. Because ultimately, anything else that comes out of that, you know, it should again, like I said, in the past, be cohesive. So I could say, you know, do these things for, you know, your videos for your TikTok, but then like it has no connection to what's actually being said on the website, right? So it's like, that's like, it would be off. Start in the website, go there, thinking about, um, oh, if they have landing pages, maybe if you're a smaller brand, you don't have a landing page and that's, that's okay. But like, just thinking about like, where am I taking, you know, I'm trying to grab attention and bring it to my site. Then from there, I start to look at their organic channels. What, what is happening there? You know, I think that like, there's a lot of value in the organic channels and I don't think that it gets enough love because that's again, a really great way to test your messaging, test positioning. You know, you might have, let's say a really cool ingredient. Let's say you're in skincare, you got a certain, um, you know, ingredient like hyaluronic acid. A lot of people have hyaluronic acid, but how do you talk about that? You could test that out a few different ways to make it playful, maybe a little bit more serious. Like, where do you want to go with it? Like organic can be your sandbox. So I love to look at what the brand is doing and how are they talking about their products and things like that. Then lastly, I actually get to the ads because my thought process is this. 
if it's working on organic, paid should really just be fuel to the fire, right? So you're just, you're just, um, it's an extension. You, it should already be a good video, good messaging, odd stuff. Like the reason why it's a good ad is not because you put thousands of dollars behind it. It's a good ad because it's a good piece of creative. And if you can, if you're doing a really great job on your organic, that means you can just crush paid. Um, and so that's why I look at all those different channels first before I actually jump into the ads account um, and look at, you know, what's the average view duration percentage. So are people, how long are people watching it? 50%, 20%, 80%. Um, so I'm looking at trying to get signals of like, are, are these videos engaging to them or not? If they are, let's figure out why. Um, is it bringing in, you know, clicks? So, okay, compelling ad, a lot of people are watching it, but do they feel compelled to click? Like what's missing there? Like we need to make sure that there's an action that's being taken. Um, and then I'm looking at, you know, of course, like how can we capture their attention too? So hook rates, things like that. That data really starts to help me understand what are the good ads, what are the bad ads? And then I can start to say like, well, why was that a good ad? And are there trends? Are there things that I'm seeing that connect with the website or with the organic to the good ads? And are there things that connect with the bad ads to the website and the organic? And how can we kind of figure that all out? And then I can make the suggestions on, you know, and honestly, I would only really make suggestions on messaging, how to say these things, and then even push the brand to say, what are the things that we're missing that we're not being said? You know, you think you're reaching a male audience, but really you need to be reaching the girlfriend who's actually buying this product for the brand. And are we actually creating like content for the girl and the girlfriend or the, the partner or the, or the wife versus just to the male, you know? And so again, thinking about those things, like I push the brand to, to start to think about the, the positioning, the customer a little bit more. The how, again, the what video should I create, is kind of frivolous if you don't really understand the foundation of, of the messaging. So that's how I would audit a brand. That's how I do audit brands. Um, and that's exactly the process from start to finish. That was a quick and dirty version of something that you normally pay hundreds or thousands of dollars for people. So go ahead and take that last few minutes of Matt's audit and do it for yourself. Uh, that was really good. That's a really good to, place to start out. If they're like, cool, I want to level up my creative. I want to take it more seriously. Where do I start? That That is a great place. So really good last little tidbit there. I want to start... Uh, landing the plane, the proverbial plane of the pod. Uh, so we're going to head towards the end. Before we start recording, you mentioned something about Q4 hype and how you, your thoughts have changed on Q4, Black Friday, in terms of creative and production and resources. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. What do you, what do you want to, how, how has it changed? What did you think and how, what do you think about now? I think that, you know, it like the way that the year works now, I think D2C has changed the game of retail and buying. But now, because it's so nimble, that it's almost like the act of Black Friday is kind of dead, right? Like we don't, like we don't, 
go to the stores as much anymore, right? And now you've got all these things like, do you run a November sale? Um, you know, it's it, like now the window is so like a gray area. Uh, and then I think too, like even this year with, with Prime, Prime Day being in October, I mean, it completely changed the game because it's like a lot of people are buying stuff in October versus in November. And so all of a sudden, like, I feel like this year, not to say that Q4 isn't important. Of course, a lot of people are buying, but it's almost like it's more just in general, people are buying in Q4 versus it being like that one weekend. And I think that like for smaller brands, like it's almost more like problematic because they're focused so much on, oh, we got to have, we got to spend all this money to make these creatives. When I'm like, first of all, probably shouldn't be discounting, find more creative ways to do like partnerships or just way more cool, like activations. I think that's just a doper thing to do for your brands. Um, and saves you on margins. Um, but then you're also like, like when it comes to like people, um, you know, for like creative, it's like, you don't really need to run like people know, Hey, this is the game, right? The consumers know they're looking for deals. You've got a deal. Like it's better for you to like make more evergreen content and focus on again, messaging preparation, staying consistent than getting stuck in the hype. And I'm not saying wasting money, but you're spending a lot of money with not a ton of return. So I definitely, you know, think that like, Black Friday and kind of like the Q4 thing is changing. Again, it's going to be a big quarter for every brand, of course, but I just don't think it's the same way just ever since COVID and Prime Day changing. I just think it's a little, I'm not saying it's overrated, but I just think that like, just treat it as evergreen. You know, it honestly, because you're fighting for so much like, uh, you know, space on the ads, like you're, overpaying for ads um it's it might be even better for you if you want to run a deal do it in the middle like do it on your terms on your own time where it's like way more cool than oh everybody's doing this um or do partnerships or give out free gifts like find new ways and like i'm not a retention person but i definitely think there's some really cool ideas that i've heard that i think is probably more valuable and you'll save a ton of money like you don't need to do like holiday photo shoots or, you know, any of that stuff. Like it's, it is a complete waste of money. And I'm, I am saying this as somebody that who could potentially be selling you on these services and I'm saying don't buy. So hopefully that's like trustworthy enough. Um, have a strategy, be very clear with it. Don't, don't not do anything. Um, but you know, I think it is overhyped and I think we're going to start to see in the next one or two years it really change and fizzle out um to from what it, it used to be i don't it's not the same thing anymore i uh, appreciate you speaking your mind and sharing your opinions matt uh going against the grain a little bit here big big fan uh i ultimately agree that it is changing in a lot of ways and that you should not just, oh, that's what everyone else is doing sort of thing. And, oh, I have to, I'm going to take the same ad, but add 20% off across the across of it. And that's going to outperform my old evergreen ad that has $5,000 worth of data behind it and learnings. Like, no, that evergreen ad is going to crush your old ad and crush all these new ads that don't have any data behind them. 
uh, in a lot of cases. So uh, ultimately agree with you for, especially brands on the smaller side. If you're on the larger side, you have more budget, you have more resources, you have more spending power to test and try these things out and iterate within that month or within the weekend. So a uh, little different game for sure. So Matt, we're, uh, we're, we're coming, we're, we're, we're almost landed. What, what do you want to talk about that I haven't asked you or what's been on the top of your mind, that tip of your tongue that you've been wanting me to ask you, but just didn't come up? I think that when a lot of brands are asking, what should I do for Black Friday or what should I do for, you know, insert whatever, most of the time, if they can't say that they're consistently, you know, testing new creative, consistently like show me that you've consistently posted on, you know, one organic channel, you know, like for four months straight at 10 posts, right? Uh, or you have a clear, like this person's in charge of creative. This is how it is. This is how much it costs. If you don't have any of that clarity, like there is no, don't, don't try the new hack. Don't try the new hook. Focus on organization. That is everything. It's funny because it's like some of the most important things when it comes to content creation is the most boring stuff file management. I'm a huge file management kind of guy and it's the most boring thing. But if you, but if you are organized with your files, yeah. you can iterate on ads so much faster because you know where everything is. You're not just like, Oh, there was a photo shoot last August and like, good luck finding them. It's like, well, then I'm going to spend 15 minutes trying to find this photo before I can even make a graphic. Um, and so <clears throat> I think that, uh, you know, people just need to focus on the organization of their content engine. If you can do that, if you can be really clear with me, if you could talk to me, you can DM me and say, hey, this is exactly how I'm doing it. Then I think, you know, really focus on how do we scale? How do, what should be the new types of videos or what new channel should we go after? Um, but if you don't have that organization, the more you scale, like you might have more money but you're going to have more problems and the cracks will show. And so it, it, it makes it harder. So if you can set that foundation now, you're in a really good place for the future. So you're telling me, Matt, the <clears throat> fundamentals aren't so fun. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. They're boring, well, uh, but they're, they're, they're the best. They can't be called the boring dementals. So fundamentals. No, so... A little bit of a oxymoron there. So focus on the fundamentals, get organized, get disciplined, stay consistent, get clarity, do it all yourself as much as you can. Start simple, then go talk to someone like Matt. And also like last thing is that like, I'm consulting for a company and the first call we had was like nine people, big budgets, <laughs> there's nine people. And I went to the lead and I said, we need to cut this. We are now at a two person meeting, me flying the wall, two people, and then the lead. And eventually that will like be async and hopefully like that they will scale their budgets. But I'm just saying that because you think that headcount and all these things are cool and beneficial, but it's actually the destruction of really good creative. And so I think that like 
even though like you might feel like, oh, I'm on my own team or like I'm by myself, like you don't need that much more to be really great and to have like big budgets and to like produce a lot if you are organized. Um, but then also as you're scaling, be careful that you have too many cooks in the kitchen. You got to trust the people that you, you know, are hiring, but again, have a clear org chart on your content creation. It's not just, Oh, let's hope that this person can do it. Be very clear with your process. And, um, I think like it's, it's, you know, you don't have to feel afraid that you don't have a lot or you have a small team because I'm going to these bigger budgeted people. I'm saying, let's, let's bring it lower. We need, we need less people here because we're, they're producing not a lot for how many people they have, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. That's a little insight of grass is always greener until it isn't. And so where you're at, you can be successful. Just lean it, know your constraints, know the strengths, and stay consistent. Matt, thanks so much for your time. Where the hell can people find you if they want to hire you, talk to you, ask you questions? Hit me up on Twitter at Matthew Gatozzi, G-A-T-T-O-Z-Z-I. It'll probably be in the show notes. Um, you can DM me with all the questions. Always here to help anybody, uh, you know, with any, you know, brand, any size. Um, and then, you know, if you want to work with us, it's goodostudios.com. You can set up a, a call there. But again, you can just, e- you know, hit me up uh, on Twitter and we can set up a time to chat. Um, would love to see what you're doing. I'm just so curious about what people are building. So, um, you know, if you're a smaller brand, feel free to reach out, even though we might not be able to be in your budget. I always love to help brands of any size, um, you know, get there. And then of course we have, you know, my newsletter, which is again, to help everybody figure out, you know, how to, um, you know, create content that will sell. And so hopefully you can learn a lot from what we're doing at Godot studios there. Um, you can apply it to, to your brand and then in time when you guys have scaled up from all the amazing wisdom that hopefully I'm sharing uh, and you want to outsource it, uh, you can come to us and we can uh, take it to the moon. Yes, that's right. Go follow Matt. Uh, He's the the best. Really appreciate your time, man. And everyone else, thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I love being able to do this, continue to learn and meet people in this industry. Every rating, review, and episode you share with a friend means so much to me as I'm bootstrapping this show as part of my media brand, High Key Geek. If you haven't checked out my other show, Brand Builders, you should. It's with myself and Tom Brown and Richie Mashiko. Two times a week, we talk in a much more casual setting, and we think out loud, we brainstorm, and we share our lessons as we continue to operate and run businesses in the D2C space today. We're not... We didn't exit. We didn't just consult and advise now. And we don't, we're in the trenches as we like every day still. So we're learning in real time and sharing it with you as we go. That's brand builders on high key geek, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you find your podcast. Catch you next time.